I've been recommending it to everybody. Yeah. And just because it's fun, it's good mystery, it's a good it's a great sci-fi story. Yes. Um a little bit of satire in there. It has some social commentary. Social commentary. Yeah. Uh that doesn't beat you over the head. It no. makes sense in the story. And mm-hmm. you could tell that like, that's the kind of story that developed from the social commentary they wanted to explore. Yep. And it's, it's fantastic. The acting is great. I, I can't praise this movie enough, but yeah. Uh, but let's let's get balls deep into it. Let's, let's get balls deep into that praise. We're just touching the tip. <laughs> so. Welcome to Cast with No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay, and I'm Matt. This is episode 65. This episode, we keep our pimp hands strong, and we as we review and discuss, they cloned. Tyrone. But first, don't forget to visit our website at castwithnoname.com where you can write to our email, com- comment on episodes, and listen to our entire episode library. And thank you, as always, for listening. And please rate us on Apple. Uh, you can ca- also catch us on Spotify. Plus, we are on YouTube. So, they cloned Tyrone. Yes. Uh, last week, we talked about extraction mm-hmm. on your recommendation. And yep. then I had mentioned this. Yep. Um, never heard of it before. To you. Yeah. You never heard of it. Never saw the trailer or anything. You just, Nothing. did you just go in blind? Went in blind. Nice. Um, I saw the trailer. Um, and when it actually came out on Netflix, I was like, Oh, all right. I mm-hmm. remember the trailer being enjoyable, but, uh, let's talk about first impressions and recommendations first, and then we can hop into spoiler free or spoiler discussions for it. Sure. So, I guess, what what were your thoughts? I thought that it was fresh, inventive, entertaining, funny, and uh, those were all heightened because I wasn't expecting it because I had, I had no idea what, what the movie was about or, or didn't see a trailer or anything. Uh, great acting. Uh, the shots were great. The cinematography, was, and we'll get into that, uh, was was really really good um overall i loved it depending on what i watch the rest of the year jay this might be like on my top five favorite movies of the year might be um i have a feeling this will probably more than likely be on my top five Uh um going into this the only thing i saw was the trailer and what so like the the whole plot of the movie was kind of revealed in the trailer. It wasn't, Mm. there was, um, there was still mystery. There was still the question why or what's happening. Mm -hmm. But as far as the, I guess the hook of the story that was revealed in the trailer. Um, but I agree the, uh, it is, yeah, to reuse your phrase, it, it, it was fresh. It felt, um, it felt like, the people that made this movie thought about it longer than five minutes. Um, it was, it felt very well thought out. Um, the acting was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is probably one of my favorite roles, if not favorite role that Jamie Foxx has ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, I have not seen attack the block, but it's probably the favorite thing I've seen John Boyega in. Granted, the only other thing I've seen him in was the new star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought, 
uh, Tayona Paris playing Yo-Yo. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing I've seen her in. Of course, again, the only thing I've seen her in was uh, WandaVision and uh, Captain Marvel. More Disney IP? Yeah. They're just sucking, yeah, sucking they, all they, the talent they just, up. Yeah, they just really uh, <laughs> really bring out the best in those movies. Yeah. Um, but no, the acting, the storytelling, uh, the sense of mystery, yeah, the, the cinematography. Um, but above all, I, f- I feel like the acting was really great especially John Boyega I mean Mm -hmm. he killed it and he surprised me the entire movie even up to the very last scene of the movie to where he just added a little bit of something extra which we can get into and I'm just I was like why the fuck is this guy not in Mm -hmm. more things other than yeah Star Wars crap um yeah and uh I was really surprised by it it made me I don't want this sounds corny. It this gave me the sense of feeling that I used to have when I used to watch movies, discovering like a bunch of yeah. new genres of movies and everything else. Um, to where now I feel like I'm at the point I've kind of seen it all. This kind of switched it up. It made me excited and it kind of brought that feeling back that I used to get back in the early 2000s when I was discovering a bunch of different types of films. Um, and I, I, th- I, th- I thought it was great. The story was great. Uh, the um, the characters uh, stayed true, I feel like, throughout the whole movie to where uh, characters aren't just making dumb, dumb decisions for the sake of dumb decisions. If they made a stupid decision, it was true to their character. It was, it was what... Not that characters make dumb decisions. These characters are smart It's just that if they do something stupid, it made sense for their character as opposed to having them do something stupid for the sake of comedy or Mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of trying to build a false false sense of suspense in the plot or anything like that. Um, But I I agree. It's definitely in my top five, if not one of my favorite. It's it's definitely one of my most favorite things I've seen this year so far. Yeah. so we're uh, going to agree on a lot of things here. Uh, more like Sounds like so it. So this will be a very boring, uh, this will be the Chris Farley show. Uh, no, we can yeah. talk about why it's so good. Yeah. I, I like that. I appreciate the recommendation because I, I probably would not have watched it if you hadn't said anything. Yeah. And I haven't, I, I, I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about this mm-hmm. um, movie. And I saw I, that I got a 6.7 on IMDb and which I'm like, is bullshit. That is so low. I don't know how I don't understand. I don't understand that either. Um, little mermaid got two, 7.2. <laughs> what are we do? What are we doing um, here? People? What are we doing? The, yeah, no, it's, if you haven't seen it, we're going to hop into spoilers. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. I do too. And, uh, watch it. It's on Netflix it's fantastic. Um, I guess it did get released in theaters for like a weekend in some mm. areas. Like in L.A. or? Uh, L.A., I think in Alabama. Like, I think probably more mm. major metropolitan areas. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I can't recommend it. I've actually, I've recommended it to you. I've recommended it to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone I talk to about movies, yeah. uh, people I work with. And it's, I've been recommending it to everybody. Yeah. And just because it's fun it's good mystery it's a good it's a great sci-fi story yes um a little bit of satire in there it has some uh i guess cultural like social commentary social commentary uh 
that doesn't beat you over the head. It no. makes sense in the story, and mm-hmm. you could tell that like that's the kind of story that developed from the social commentary they wanted to explore. Yep. And it's it's fantastic. The acting is great. I, I can't praise this movie enough, but yeah. uh, but let's let's get balls deep into it. Let's, let's get balls deep into that praise. We're just touching the tip. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, let's start with like the uh, what did you think of the? I guess the overall uh, the, the 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 location, like the Glen itself. Did you get the sense watching it, like what time period are they even in right now? Yeah, it, it's, and why do you think they made the choice to? I have a theory on why they made the choice the way they did, but why do you think you the viewers like like your question like okay I see I see a flip phone I see bell bottoms I see um, they're talking about Bitcoin mm-hmm. um, there's a pay, there's a beeper store yeah what, what, there's what a beeper store there, there's some anachronisms like it feels like it's kind of out of time but yeah. at the same time it's the setting and like the the I like the Glen because you didn't know really what state it was. It was mm-hmm. just a it was just a neighborhood, right? And parts of it, like I I kind of felt Chicago mm-hmm. when I watched it, um, or Cleveland or something. Or Cleveland, or it could have been any yeah, any city. It, they didn't really pinpoint it. Um, at first, maybe L.A., but I mean you come to find out it yeah. was in LA um, mm-hmm. or wasn't in LA. Um, but as far as the time things like, yeah, it did feel very seventies and eighties. It yeah. felt uh, kind of a callback to uh, black, black exploitation films. Um, Even grindhouse movies. Yeah. And the, way the camera was and yeah, the overexposed. Did you notice like some of the, what's that effect called when like, like, um, it, it happened in seventies movies all the time. There'd be like a black spot in the screen, and then they would oh, come back cigarette out. Cigarette burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Film burns. Yeah, they would have film burns in there. That <laughs> it would, um, and it was very. It, it was a dark movie. It was like grainy. Yeah, almost. it was grainy, dark. Um, had that seventies, early eighties yeah. feel. Um, their costumes felt very seventy. Their vehicles that they drove, yeah. everything felt very. And I cheated. Oh, you did a little bit. Okay, because because I like this movie so much, I I just started looking up. Yeah, like I I looked up who directed it, which it's it's directed by Joel Taylor, and this is his first movie that he directed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, written by him and then co-written by Tony Rettenmeyer. Rettenmeyer, um, and and they work on Creed two together. Yeah. And so they, they've had some experience, like some experience working in obviously with movies, mm-hmm. but you could tell this was kind of like a passion project oh, yeah. and it had that feeling. And, um, but the look and the stylings of the movie, especially with the characters is supposed to be reminiscent of eighties and seventies because they wanted to go after the manufactured look that was engineered by white movie producers Mm -hmm. of how black culture should be or how Mm. uh, black people dress and how they act. So it was kind of supposed to build on that to give, to set that, that media expectation as far as what's been done in the past 20, 30 years. Right. Um, Which I thought was, was great because it, it did feel 70s and 80s, but at the same time, 
if someone told you, oh, this takes place in 2023, I like you would still believe it because Mm -hmm. it's presented so well in the movie, um, but also is supported by what media has shown us for our entire lives pretty much to where that's not really out of the ordinary to where I feel like um, maybe that I think that because I had a hard, not hard time, but it, it was unique to try and I guess not pick apart, but just kind of decipher the movie or just read the film a little bit because we're coming at it from a different point of view mm-hmm. than what someone would in um, like downtown Cleveland or Cincinnati or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and just because we don't have those experiences to where I wonder if, if it would be more blunt, I guess, or more of a, not a slap in the face, but more of a ha ha, like, Oh, we don't dress like that. We don't like that. That's very old Mm. to where if it would be the same thing to where if we were shown a movie like in the fifties and then you see a leave it to beaver dad, coming in and talk, oh gee gosh darn you're like yeah that's so old that no one acts like that yeah but that's the way they portray white people in the 50s mm-hmm. to where i wonder if, if um modern black audiences looked at this and then they thought oh that's so old we right like I that got, kind I get of what you're thing saying. um but yeah yeah I, I thought about i thought that they chose this i was had an, i had another angle that i was thinking uh <laughs> You know, getting into spoilers here, like what the movie's essentially about and what they figure out. I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Like with this grindhouse appeal, um, the fact that it's in the '70s and it's just, it's just weird. It feels, it feels out of place from mm-hmm. a, a, a time perspective. Like you can't make heads or tails of what's going on. It's because that the, the final uh, revelation is so batshit, like crazy it, it'd be like something that would be the plot point for like a grindhouse movie or like a b movie you know what i mean yeah no i get, so it I, I get what you're saying it made sense because the person who created all of that is basing it off his own life like his own life experiences to where when he was younger mm. that's what people dressed like that's yeah. what people that's how people acted um which spoiler alert the uh, uh we're already into spoilers you find out at the end of the movie that Fontaine's character played by John Boyega is a clone, but himself as a clone was designed by his prime self, meaning his his original version of himself. The OG self. The, the OG self, the OG <laughs> Fontaine, actually was a biochemist and bioengineer, mm-hmm. and he created the clones. Yep. Um, and more importantly, he created his own clone. Um, which we'll get into more, but yeah, it definitely made sense. Yeah. Um, if they would have played from it, the social commentary side of it, but just in story. Right. And that was, that's one of my favorite things about this movie is everything makes sense in story. Nothing exists for the sake of it just existing as a joke or the sake of existing to make a commentary on something it all fits in the narrative and it makes sense in the world that yeah built. absolutely yeah yep um what did you i guess what were some 
what what were like story overall? Mm-hmm. I guess what were your, what were your impressions? Like, I mean, that's kind of an open ended question, but I guess more specifically, um, at any point, did you feel like you knew where the story was going? I, well, once he got shot the first time and he he wakes up, I'm like, okay, there's a cloning aspect to this. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's in the title, um, but did I? have any inclination of like the reasoning behind it behind the experiments no i i I was not expecting that at all yeah which was nice Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's kind of why i enjoyed this movie is because i didn't know where it was going to go yeah um i was after watching the trailer i knew there was a cloning Mm -hmm. situation and i was pretty sure that it was fontaine's character um and but after he gets shot and he wakes up I was wondering, okay, did the clone get shot? Is he the original guy? It wasn't so much as, oh, they're all, they're, they're not all clones, but oh, yeah, he, he, it's just a clone. They wake him up, kind of. Yeah. Um, the only part that I think I predicted was that his mom was fake, but that didn't come until after the fact, after they met Donald Sutherland's uh, character. Um, they. Keeper, you mean? Yeah, keep. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Keeper. <laughs> is so, Donald Sutherland alive? Oh. <laughs> I think he is. I think he's still um, kicking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Keeper. Sorry, Keeper Sutherland's character. Um, after they got out of the dance club, and when he kind of went on his monologue as far as, oh, we create this environment because we need to have a control group, and so that way we can kind of fine tune our recipes uh, mm-hmm. to be able to better control you or <clears throat> whatever. Um. It, at that point, I was like, "Oh, his his mother's probably fake." Uh, kind yeah. of thing. That that's the only thing I picked. I I didn't see um, OG Fontaine actually being behind the bioengineering. Um, I I did that. make one wrong prediction. What's that? I thought that uh, because when Kiefer Sutherland makes his first appearance, he's like, "I'm not even the head of the." I can't remember the dialogue exactly, but it's like, "I'm not the main guy. I just work for the main guy." Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Oh." It's probably like the little brother that they keep showing a picture of. Like, oh, he's okay. like grown up or something. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be when they revealed uh, the the main architect behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I was wrong. Yeah. The, yeah. And I, the other aspects of the story is they foreshadowed correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times in movies and television, they will, um, Kiss, kiss, bang, bang made a joke about just obvious foreshadowing and to where, oh my God, was that such a, that was a bad piece of dialogue. I'm sorry. It's like when you're watching a TV show and you're like, oh yeah, the new power plant just opened up. Gee whiz. I wonder where the uh, the climax is going to happen. Yeah. Um, it, it, it felt, it felt natural. He was flipping through television. You'd see a commercial and you would think, oh, it's just a, like the, uh, what did they, what did they, it wasn't hot damn chicken. It was. Uh, I got, think it was got, hot. No, goddamn chicken or got dang or goddamn chicken, not damn chicken. <laughs> that, and uh, that commercial was great. And <laughs> you see that, that commercial was great. And and you think it's just like some kind of piece of flavor for the scenery uh-huh. or whatever. But then you it it builds on. It. It's there for a reason. Same thing with the hair commercial, the hair mm-hmm. cream commercial. Um. And, and then you, uh, there's like a church commercial in there and, and you don't pick up on it. It's not obvious that they don't, the whole movie doesn't stop 
ju- I mean, it does for the hot goddamn chicken, but I mean, but that it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it was funny. Um, it's good. But the whole movie doesn't come to a screeching halt to give you a piece of foreshadowing that's obviously going to. It actually treats the audience, yeah, like they're intelligent, right? And, which was right. nice, and um, but they called back to everything, mm-hmm. um, even with, uh, I mean, even even the small shit like uh, when they go to the the chicken restaurant. And they see the manager, and he's pretty much a white guy with a fro. Yeah, and yeah, and it, and you think that guy exists just so Jamie Fox can make a joke that mm. he's like, "How the hell do you have a fro and you look whiter than whatever yeah, his yeah. joke was?" And you think that character just exists just for that sake, but then at right. the end, it's a bigger piece of the story. It brings it back, yeah, yeah, and they bring it back to where. Um, OG Fontaine says that, oh, the biggest problem was the hair. And, mm-hmm. um, but so everything just kind of makes sense and it, nothing's left hanging out there really to, um, be extraneous or anything like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. all woven together very well. Like I said, well thought out, um, to where there's just not, there's nothing wasted in there. It, everything in there has a purpose. Right. Yeah, I agree. Man, and Jamie Foxx was so good. So the and the, the thing with all this that's sprinkled in there is like it's really really funny. That scene where they're trying to scheme on how to uh, infiltrate the underground mm-hmm. experimental lab, and they're like pretending to give each other blowjobs and yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm like this is so funny. <laughs> I was crying. Yeah, and, and, that's- and they're <laughs> talking all smart. Yeah, it's 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 three white guys in the with the lab coats. And he's like, really, three lab coats? Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, which which is great because I mean, and, and this movie does have those funny moments. In yeah, it, and it's and it's genuinely funny. It's not just stupid quips or anything yeah. like that. It's it's all character driven. It's situational driven. It's um, but then it also kind of holds your suspense mm-hmm. and. Um, but there isn't like a five minute ad lib scene to where people yeah. are just kind of riffing back and forth kind of a thing. And if they did, then they did a lot better job than what Paul Feig can do on, uh, whatever fucking movies he's making I agree. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they felt scripted. Yeah. Like they're part it, of the script. It felt, yeah. yeah. It felt well written. Um, I actually liked that, that whole sequence where they infiltrate. It felt almost like an ocean's 11 kind of thing, how they told it. Yeah, like they started because oh, they they go back. Yeah, and yeah, reveal. yeah. Yeah, they reveal how they how they got there. Mm-hmm. I, anyway, that was smart. Again, it's just another technique they used that was it kept you on your toes. Yep, it wasn't the same like bland, mm-hmm. stoic tone throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it took slight turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I liked, it's very small, but it makes sense for the characters. Is after they find the trap house for the first time, mm-hmm. they go into the elevator. They see the guy. They leave, and then they spend the night at Yo-Yo's grandmother's house. And she's saying, all right, we need to stay together because they're going to be out looking for us. We need to stay together. And um, and it was stupid, but Fontaine gets up and leaves in the middle of the night, gets his crew, because uh, Fontaine's a drug dealer, and he gets his drug dealing crew, goes back to the trap house to storm it. Investigate, and yeah. For his character, that's what he would do. Yeah, uh, slick, uh, slick Charles, um, Jamie Foxx's character. 
he 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 would not want to be involved in that. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a pussy a little bit. Yeah, but he's supposed to be, and he plays that character well. So he, I mean, the decisions that all these characters, and that's just one instance, but the decisions these characters make, they may put a wrench in each other's plans, but it makes sense for that character, and it's not in there for the sake of oh well, we got to add another dramatic piece in here, kind of a thing. But at the same time, him making the decision for that he felt like he couldn't really trust anybody, which brought him back to Yo-Yo and Slick Charles. Mm -hmm. And so it made sense. It made that group a little bit tighter because he couldn't feel like he trusted his crew with the experience because his crew was like, Hey, we all slip. We all, I mean, they didn't believe him. So it, it, it kind of helped solidified and took that option off the table because I think a lesser movie would have just had him stay with the crew and be like, oh, well, we're all alone. And audiences would be asking questions like, you have a whole gang on your side. Why aren't you talking to them kind of a thing? So yep. it kind of takes care of that, but does it in a way that's true to the character. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's just a bunch of small instances like that that are just really well done that helps, one, move push the movie along, but also uh, without, at, without the expense of, uh, making any of the characters stupid or acting out of turn or anything like that. Yeah. What did you think of the, uh, um, like the little touches that they had in there? Like of, uh, I'm thinking of uh, the uh, guy. What was the character's name? Frog, mm -hmm. the homeless guy. Yeah. He's like, oh, the wizards. The wizards got another one. Like, like it, it's like little things, little touches like that, mm -hmm. where he's referencing the Wizard of Oz, obviously, and like there was another thing I can't remember. But it was just really smart writing mm -hmm. that if I were to watch it again, yeah, you watch I'd be it like, again. He's, he's oh okay, he's oh, on yeah. point yeah. with every single thing that he's yeah. saying because obviously he's aware of the situation, mm -hmm. but the way he's saying it, you could just disregard it as yeah. the rumblings of a, a homeless drunk or and, whatever. And then the very first shot of the movie are these giant like eyes of this white guy and they just scan they they pan out and he's got this weird smile on it and then it, it shoots to a bunch of uh guys playing dominoes. I'm like, why would they do that? And then after you watch the movie it's like, oh, it's like it's symbolism. You're, they're watching over you. It's symbology. It's symbology. <laughs> it's symbolism. Really smart choice. So again, it's Yeah. And I feel like this is um, so good. Yeah. I, I was going to compare it to Jordan Peele, but it'd be unfair for me to do that because I've only yeah. seen Nope. It it definitely reminded me of, of uh, Get Out and Us. Us is kind of the same, like underground experiments, yeah. doppelganger kind of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely in that vein of social commentary, but using sci-fi as the tool to, mm -hmm. to do the commentary. And that's why, I mean, because... As a genre, good sci-fi does that. Yes, it should warn society of a possible future. Mm -hmm. And as a genre piece, this movie does that in the sense it goes a little bit satirical about it. Yeah. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Was uh, remember have you seen Soylent Green? No. It's people. Yeah, it's people. And the whole, of course, that's ridiculous. But yeah. the, the commentary is corporations are corrupt mm -hmm. and they'll do anything to save the buck. Yeah. That's what, that's what, it, but yeah, it's using, like you said, it's using a, a ridiculous bordering on satire concept to kind of, 
I don't know, comment on it yeah. in a fun way or an entertaining way. And and that's where, like, I mean, some of the themes I have written down, because I, I kind of go back and forth. Like, obviously, there's more than one theme. They're, they're saying more than one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so from just just because just on the surface, you could read it several different ways and and i and i think this is like a huge complex conversation um and i've already had two martinis tonight so yeah um but like you have i'm trying to see i'm trying to i even have like four different things written down but, uh-huh. um well what's the first one bear with me all right so um the first thing is like Kiefer Sutherland, when he comes out uh-huh. and he kind of reveals to them, he's like, you're a control group. Mm-hmm. We need to keep you guys at the status quo. Yeah. And these themes kind of bleed into each other. So what what he's saying is um, we created this environment for you. And it's so that way we can test out our product or whatever, our chemicals to be able to control you better. And we created you Fontaine and slick Charles because you guys are pillars of your community. You help keep everyone else down for the most part yeah. to where, um, and he, he, he puts it in the guise of, Oh yeah. If, if we got, if we didn't, if you guys aren't doing what you're doing, a Starbucks would show up here in, in five seconds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then this whole place would be gentrified and we'd lose our control group. Yeah. Um, so you, you have the theme of, um, I guess white civilization or white sectors of a society keeping down black communities, but then that slowly bleeds into the theme of society creates the drug dealer, Fontaine. Society creates the pimp, Slick Charles. But then that then bleeds into the theme of because Fontaine and Slick Charles j- both get uh, disenchanted with their lot in life. Mm-hmm. They now look at it as useless and they think, oh, I was just created to keep my community down. But so that bleeds into um, just because you're a product of your environment or product because of whatever white society wants you to be doesn't mean you need to be that anymore. But then that slowly bleeds into you can kind of be your own man. You can make your own difference and not be a cog that keeps your own community down and in its place. You mm-hmm. can kind of lift up your community. Um, and then in that sense, and, but then that also bleeds into he, Fontaine was created by himself pretty much to do that because his end goal is to assimilate with white society and remove the entire black race. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you have like so many different themes, like kind of all bleeding into each other to where I think that that's what causes like some of the, um, I, at least for me, like difficulty as far as like kind of picking things apart and like thinking, all right, what is this really trying to say? Because again, we're coming at it from a different point of view. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's trying to say anything. I think it's just commenting. You know what I mean? I think it's just, it's, it's literally just commenting on and, and making an analogy for, for how Jewel Taylor views society right now. I don't mm-hmm. think he's, I don't think he's like blaming anyone or, or, uh, um, uh, 
like I, I don't know. I, I I think he's I I literally think he's just he's like this is the way I see things. Well, it, I don't it, have a solution. I don't have an answer. Yeah, and and I don't think he's blaming anyone either because because it's not so clear. It's not mm-hmm. blatant. Of, no, it's very foggy. Yeah, and and that's why I think it's kind of like a a uh, kind of a blob of ideas, which isn't a bad thing. But because you could look at it, I mean, someone could watch this and think, oh, it's about how. I mean, I, I, I can see this several different ways. I can mm-hmm. see this. Um, I could be a viewer, watch this and think, okay, yep, it's about how white society keeps black communities down. Or I could watch it and say, oh, it's a movie about how um, black members of a community that are created by their environment, as they get older, they in turn keep their own community down, which creates the Perpetuate it. Perpetuate and yeah. um, create that circle um i could also see it as to where oh this is a commentary on um black republicans because they want to like they're trying to appease themselves to white society or something like that like because you see some articles to where oh if someone is a black republican then they're kind of ostracized almost or looked down upon a little bit from Mm -hmm. um their own race at times just because they think well you shouldn't you shouldn't be a republican because you're you're black you you have to be democrat kind right. of a thing so to where that kind of gets into the og fontaine thing to where mm-hmm. him trying to make everyone white because he said oh well assimilate or die kind of a right. thing um so i mean there's several different things i just from my own mind just trying to decipher like i wonder what the overall theme is other than maybe it's just a conglomerate of different views as far as um and we sh- and we what should the movie's kind of presenting and we should say the reason that the OG Fontaine decided to start this was because the brother that I that I thought was going to be mm-hmm. who OG Fontaine ended up actually being was killed by a police officer and just left to die mm-hmm. So his solution is, oh, if... if yeah, you, you know, have that whole thing. Just right, that's police, police brutality. Yeah. So, like, yeah, his solution is we just all need to be white so something like that wouldn't happen. Like, a cop wouldn't do that to a white kid mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a really it's really good writing. Yeah. For It really is. If you agree, disagree, you have to give it up. It's really, really well thought out. Yeah, and, and that's why I like this movie because there hasn't been a movie like this to where you could actually discuss it with somebody and Mm -hmm. or debate it or whatever because there there are so many different ways you can kind of look at this movie and come to your own conclusion and uh one of the movies i can think of is like donnie darko of course that was like so arbitrary or so obtuse at times to where no one really knew what was going on Mm -hmm. but you could kind of have fun and talk about the movie with a friend and and kind of kick ideas back and forth as far as what you think means what or what what right. actually happened kind of a thing and same thing with this to where and i've only seen it once i wanted to watch it again because i think i watched it about nine days ago uh-huh. and i wanted to watch it again before this podcast didn't get a chance to but um I, i'm going to be watching it again very soon just i i want to i want to pick it apart i want to see what else i missed and because uh, it's intriguing, it's it's fun. Yeah, um, real fun. It's very entertaining. I it reminded me of Get Out, and in, in terms of, I loved Get Out. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie was 
I hadn't seen anything like that in a long time. And this reminded me of that, just the, the, just the energy behind it and how fresh it felt. Um, cause, cause get out, it's a way different movie. That's like, that's has like a horror tone to it. Um, with comedic elements here and there, this obviously this didn't feel like a horror movie at all. It felt like a, I don't know. At times it was like a, um, I felt like I was watching a Terry Gilliam movie where it was just fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was just out there, but it was just it. But it was funny, and it was almost like a like an action comedy kind of thing with sci-fi mm-hmm. thrown in there. Yeah, so completely like three different tones mashed up. I I just hadn't I hadn't seen anything like that in in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they do a great job balancing the comedy with the tone because uh-huh. they they could have easily just made this movie into a joke kind of a thing. Oh yeah, and um and it doesn't do that. It takes time to have those beats. Like after after the meeting with Kiefer Sutherland and um, Fontaine is kind of just sitting around his house, just kind of well, I'm just going to do what I'm doing because this is what I was made to do. Um, once he gets over that part of himself, then he goes to see Slick Charles. Slick Charles is kind of like in the same kind of, like he, he stopped pimping. Yeah. Because he's like, no, I, I don't want to contribute to this. Yeah. And, um, and that was, an, that's another theme to where it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if what society expects of you or how, society kind of brought you up you still have the power to be your own person Mm -hmm. to um better yourself better your community and um without i mean because which i thought that that was probably my favorite aspect of this movie is that those two characters kind of coming to that realization and they came to it um i i think gradually and i think i think the um I mean, obviously, the conversation with Kiefer Sutherland was kind of like the, the obvious turning point, but I think they were already heading that way, anyways, because they weren't, um, they weren't as concerned with their drug dealing or their pimping up mm-hmm. to that. But they were more engrossed in like, what the hell's going on? What what is happening to our community? And um, that kind of put more of a priority in their lives. Um, Earlier in the movie, anyways, before yeah. Sutherland. I mean, little plot plot hole here, but if the reason you have to clone people, certain people, because gang warfare, whatever shit goes down, mm. why wouldn't you? They already have the capability of saying words to control people. If you are watching them all the time and like, oh, they're about to run up on Tyrone and shoot him, like, wouldn't you like dispatch some people and be like, uh, Morpheus Black, <laughs> and say, don't kill Tyrone. Oh, and then go back on your merry way. What say you, Jay? Uh, I, I say no, because not everyone was cloned. <laughs> I know, that's what I mean, though. You don't have to clone to mind control, right? But, well, yeah, true. But they were working on the mind control. They needed to perfect it, oh, okay. so they can't. That's what I missed. It's science. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, flaws, and I'm... Uh, and I, I can't really pinpoint anything where I was like oh that sucked or yeah. I no, wouldn't have done it that way nothing or, is blank because no movie very few movies are perfect uh-huh. and but if you're entertaining enough and you have a good enough story and good enough characters you yeah you, you put on a blindfold for that stuff and because you just don't notice it because you're engrossed in the story yeah you're, you're you love the characters and this movie 
and I, I can't think of a flaw in this. Um, I was glancing at user reviews because I was curious to how this got a 6.7. Seven. Yeah. And I think some people were just shitting on this movie just to shit on it because mm. some of the stuff, oh, there's so many plot holes. I mean, people were just speaking in generalities. Oh, they right. weren't they taking weren't it too literally. Up. Yeah. They weren't too seriously. I don't know what the hell their problem was. Uh-huh. Uh, sand and vagina, probably. Yeah. 95% of the time it's sand and vagina. Yeah. But, um, but no one was bringing up any particular things. It was always, oh, there's so many plot holes, and this movie sucked, the acting wasn't good, and I'm like, well, what instances are you talking like, Oh, you're never going to get that specific. No, I, gonna, I know. I, it's I user know. reviews. The, uh, <laughs> but, but no, I couldn't. Let me tell you about it in a one-page thesis. The only thing <laughs> that I felt, I felt like it kind of dragged a little bit in the third act, but it wasn't much. Um, I was just going to say, if I would have... Slim things, something down. It would have been the the Kiefer Sutherland when they're shooting each other with at, near the clones. Yeah, some of that. Yeah, you probably could have cut out a little bit of those things. But I mean, he they were using that to set up. Hey, we have spots in L.A., Chicago, all over the country mm-hmm. set up. He could have just said that and maybe another line, and then because yeah. I was more interested in where uh, Fontaine was going, and because I, I knew that he was going to end up yeah. figuring out who the architect guy was. Yep. And um, yeah, I agree that that whole scene, which I. I hope they don't do a sequel because I don't think you can say anything else. I mean, I think, you said I, it. I think it's good. Yeah. Just leave it alone. It's great as is. <laughs> um, because I feel like it would just be more of the same yeah. kind of thing. Unless there was something else like you would have to have a whole, like another five things you want to say. Yeah. And if you do great, you have another, I mean, but I feel like it's one of those, not lightning in a bottle, but just one of those just single movies. Yeah. And that was really well done. This was on the, uh, the blacklist in 2019. The blacklist is uh, a list of Hollywood scripts that have been unproduced. I thought you were referring to the uh, television show starring James Spader. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I knew you were talking about, but yeah, it was on the blacklist in 2019. Um, but, I think it's yeah. I think it's great. Good thing they picked it up. Um, I I think it's great how I mean, yeah, how a community can contribute to its own form of control. Yeah, while viewing themselves as victims of actions of other people. Yeah, I mean that that's another. I mean that's something I I picked up. I I thought it did so so good. I like well that and the uh, I mean the the three things that kind of, I guess, exemplified their culture in, in Glenn was the chicken place, the hair salon and the, the church, the church. Yeah. And all of which was controlled by. Yeah. Either white people or the corporation that. Did you love grape drink? <laughs> That's a sh- it, I immediately. The, <laughs> what grape drink? I chuckled because I immediately thought of the Chappelle, Chappelle show. show. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, we got some of that grape drink. What's oh. that grape stuff back there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that purple stuff back there? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And again, I, I would love to... I don't know. I haven't seen any interviews with Jewel Taylor. I would love to know if he thinks... Because I think if he intentionally meant to do this or, or unintentionally meant to do it, the idea that all of our problems would be solved if we assimilate to the white race... 
And maybe people do think that. Oh, you society. White people think society would be better if if we all assimilated white, but obviously that idea is dumb because that wouldn't solve or end human suffering or injustice just because y'all look the same. But from maybe from their standpoint, maybe the, I mean not a not a pipe dream, but more of I, I can definitely see how black communities would think that though especially because the reason why because like you said the reason why og fontaine is um slow is engineering so that way all black people eventually turn white is because of police brutality Mm -hmm. and i can see i can definitely see the reasoning and i can under i i could definitely understand how um a lot like how black communities could think if I was white, this wouldn't have happened to me, mm-hmm. and and they could very well be be correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, would it end abuse of power from police if everyone was white? No, because they would still abuse the power. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I I mean it's definitely an interesting thought, and I think it's and again it's um. From our point of view, I think we kind of have a limited, I guess, insight because I mean this may hit a hundred percent home. Sure. For uh, black audience across the country, yeah, and and may I mean, but it's like anything else, it may hit home for some, may may not right. hit home hit home for others. But um, I, I guess my point is that again, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that idea is so wackadoo. But the tone in the movie and the way it's presented, it fits. If this was done straightforward with like you know Christopher Nolan cinematography with a beautiful score, yeah, it is a it is a wacky idea. It's a wacky idea. It's it's yeah, and like a, it's like a Soylent Green is you know they're eating. Pe- yeah. It's like that. It's and in that vein. But it's at the same time once once you meet that character too, you understand that the guy's not really right. And like sure, he's yeah. a smart guy, but you could tell yeah. he's just way far off, and right. he's he is suffering from pain mm-hmm. and trauma when he was younger, and and the, and that's an interesting statement too. Is like what what do people turn into from experiencing that at a young age, mm-hmm. and how what kind of changes what kind of changes does that do to a person? Yeah, so. yeah. Well done, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very good. I, I, I kind of can't wait to watch it. Watch again. it again. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Of all so the stuff much. that's out there, this is probably this is it's, on Netflix. This is my favorite thing that Netflix has put out this year. I I oh yeah, definitely the best thing mm-hmm. Netflix put out this year. Um, well, Cobra Kai is coming up. Mm. Uh, but that's right, it does. Um, yeah, I can't think of. I can't think of anything that I enjoyed more than watching this. You know what makes I, me sad, though? I recently watched Severance, but that came out last year. Right. But I just saw it this... Same thing with Ted Lasso, I guess. I mean, yeah. that was fun, but th- I mean, this was a different level. Like, this actually... I was like, ah, I, it was fun. It was good mystery. It was, uh, yep. it was great. What were you going to say? Uh, you know what makes me sad? What? Is Jewel Taylor's next movie. It's not going to be as good as this. Was it Space Jam Legacy Part 2? No. Just, I don't think he has anything uh, attached to him right now. I'm just saying his next movie won't be as good as this. 
Maybe. It's going to be tough to top it. Maybe. It's like you always say, you have a lifetime to write your first one, and you got like a year or two to make your second one. You do, but he also wrote Creed 2. It was okay. He wrote Space Jam, A New Legacy. Didn't see it. I didn't see it either. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. <laughs> I, d- I don't see that on principle. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. But if... If, I'm not a bad movie kind of guy. I was mad because everyone kept comparing me to Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. The number one movie that I would not do to a sequel to would be Space Jam. I, I don't know. Well, that you're just that's logic. I don't know. Most people don't don't have that uh Well, I don't have like that 20, logic attribute. I don't, I don't have 20 yes men around me that's true. talking into my that's ear. That's true. But um but no, I mean I th- I thought it was great. Yeah. Um I, I yeah, I'm interested to see what he does. I, I am too. I think, I, I hope a lot of people are watching They Clone Tyrone because I, I want more of that. Like that, it, yeah. it was a first movie in a long time that felt like a movie. Uh-huh. And I think the reason because is it didn't feel like it was a movie by committee. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was from somebody's mind and they had something to say. And... And they had a really strong vision in their head how they wanted to tell that story. Yeah. And you could tell that from mm-hmm. everything was just so well. Yeah, the lighting, the um, the musical choices, uh, the the acting, the, char- the characters was, I mean, the biggest thing, I think. And um, you, you just don't get a lot of that. I didn't, I didn't realize John Boyega had like that, that hard... Exterior, I I'm so used to him as being thin, like the gigantic yeah. pussy from oh, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, he looked a little gaunt or whatever. Not yeah. as not as uh, and he had yeah, this soft look. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I I had to tell Christy. I was like, do you know who that is? And she's like, what? I was like, it's Finn. Of course she did. I was like, yeah, it's John Boyega from Star Wars. He played Finn, the stormtrooper that turned. And and she's like, oh really? And I was like, yeah. And then, but oh, that was the other thing. His acting in this fantastic Mm -hmm. and then at the very end you finally meet tyrone yeah i know and it's a different version it's it's a it's a clone but he's in la yep and when he speaks just a slight difference in accent yep and the guy's british like i I mean it's like amazing acting he did a phenomenal i mean all three of them did uh the three main actors they 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 all did great and that's I, I, it, <laughs> like, what the fuck is Disney doing? I don't, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just make more movies like this. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, you have this talent. And, I know. And it's wasted on. Nonsense. These shit stories. That's what I'm actually worried about. They're going to hire, hire Jewel Taylor to direct the fucking new Lando Star Wars movie. Like t- say no, Jewel. They're gonna throw well, I'm not, so much money at you. I already know. I mean, I'm not worried about Jewel. Ter- I'm I'm just worried about. No, like, I'm worried about that. No, I'm just I don't want him a, to. Well, no, I don't want him to do that either. But yeah. I'm just saying, like great actors in general, like mm-hmm. like you, you had Star Wars and you had John Boyega and and yeah, like it was wasted. Yes, very and, much so. And the the Marvels movies, um, 
you have um yeah what's her name oh uh tiana paris yeah she gets to play monica like, rambo I, I saw captain Great. saw captain uh whatever what, what's it's not captain marvel yeah captain marvel i saw i saw wandavision she was generic generic like yeah. that's all it is it's just it's terrible she's great in this oh yeah fantastic she's really good and um because i again i only saw the trailer i didn't other than jamie fox and john boyega yeah um we get, but the entire movie i was like god she looks so familiar yep i was like i've seen her in something i've seen it and i was like oh <laughs> it's like and it just made me mad i was like how does a company get well i know uh, get all this talent and just fucking waste it, and it's the I don't know that movie by committee, baby. Yep. Did you notice that David, David David Allen Greer as the preacher? Yeah, I I didn't know it was him that was when awesome. I was watching it. I almost felt like I was like God, I feel like it's like why am I getting Eddie Murphy vibes right now? Yeah, and um, but I I didn't notice. I looked it up after because I I felt like the preacher felt familiar, like it felt like a a character from uh, Coming to America. Yeah, and um, I love that scene too. Yeah. I, I haven't been to church in a while. Uh, I don't remember it being like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. It's great. I think now that we've recorded this, I'm going to go, I'm going to seek out some reviews and... Pick them apart? Well, no, I'm just going to... Oh, see what they, what they say? Yeah, what they yeah. say, because I think um, I Googled, like, because I Googled to see if any... Because I follow a couple of people on YouTube or mm -hmm. because they do, like, quick, short review things, and none of them did this it was like talk about it like secondary channels or just um people <clears> i've <throat> never heard of um that have reviewed this so i'm gonna go back and watch some of those hmm. um see what they say see if i get any insight right on it because i mean movies like this i love just like digging deep and figuring out like watching interviews and seeing what uh, they thought the, the thought processes during creation like because there's always like nuggets. I mean, it's like watching the bonus features on Blu-rays mm -hmm. and DVDs. That it's just getting is. I want more information. Like I want to know what the thought process was. What yep. what inspired uh, people to do the choices that they made. All that good stuff. So, and this this is the first movie in a long time. I was like, oh god. I would love to hear the pitch. Did he get the Netflix? Yeah, that would have been interesting. Unless, like if, if unless, I was if I was greenlighted, I'm like, what you what is it about? Or, or they just came across a script and they decided to buy it because the could script be. was good. Could be. I don't know. Because it was, uh, if it was on the blacklist in 2019, I mean, Netflix could easily just look at that list and be like, oh, yeah, we'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the list? <laughs> yeah, the whole list. Um, but yeah, great on... I, I'm surprised this isn't being talked about more. Hmm. It's, I feel like... It's got 6.7 on IMDb. I, I think it's great. Yeah. It's, It'll be on the list. Top five. Yeah. Probably. It's, it's yeah. A shit ton of stuff has to come out for me to yeah. boot this off top five. I. It's good. It is good. Yeah. Well. I don't think there's nothing more to say. It's good. Go see yeah. They Clone Tyrone. It's very good. Yes. Uh, on Netflix. 
Good job, Netflix. You made a good movie. Yep. Um, you sure did. Let uh, Jewel Taylor write more things. Yes. <coughs> direct, direct more things. Yeah. That's who you need to have in your stable Netflix is Jewel Taylor. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, uh, next time mm. we're going to get Atomic. See what you did there? Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about Diary of a Wimp Kid because they give him an atomic wedgie. I'm just joking. Mm. Nope. Join us next time as we talk about Oppenheimer. As long as we can see it. I know. <laughs> if we watch it, we'll talk about it. Freaking life getting in the way. I know. <laughs> it's so hard. But uh, but yeah, Oppenheimer. We're, 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 we're throwing it down. So yep. we won't be back uh, next week. We'll be mm-hmm. back the following week. Um, maybe I'll get drunk and do a bonus episode. I you doubt should. It. Maybe just slurring my. Just talk about something. Yeah. You know what grinds my gears? Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> just me bitching about drivers. He's, he's bitching about women. Jason, I think he's misogynist. <laughs> so I come home and dinner wasn't ready. <laughs> but yeah, next week. Uh, not next week. Week after next. Oppenheimer. Next episode. Till next time, Jay. Till next time.